Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on the live Friday night edition of Free Talk Live. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. The show is interactive, just like the website. You can go to the website and link to stories or blog posts or whatever you want to, and people vote up your entries, vote them down. You can do the same with other folks. It's freetalklive.com. Quite interactive. So uh, it's it's Mark with you. And Jason. Uh, Michelle should be showing up here shortly. There's a story that has been getting a lot of play on Facebook because the picture is just so shocking. The picture I've seen is of five bearded men lined up in uh, you know different mug shots, each one of them in the same shirt with the same vest on. These are Amish men, Amish men in Kentucky, Mayfield, Kentucky. Um, apparently, Mose Yoder stood, this is from uh, Courier-Journal.com, Mose Yoder stood in Graves District Court Monday afternoon, rested his bearded chin in his hands and awaited the question from Judge Deborah Hawkins Crooks, a judge named Crooks. How interesting. She told him he owed $158 in fines and court costs. For refusing to display a bright orange and red safety triangle in the back of his horse-drawn buggy. Mr. Yoder, do you intend to pay that amount? She asked. He shook his head silently, and she sentenced him to four days in the county jail. In all, Crooks sentenced nine (laughs) Amish men. In all, Crooks sentenced nine Amish men. Actually, ten, I think. One was, uh, was released on bail because he has a sick child. I see. So nine are actually incarcerated. And uh, this Michelle has shown up here. And 10 days in jail being uh, uh, beginning late Monday night for their refusal to pay fines on religious grounds. The men said that paying fines would amount to complying with a law that they believe violates their religious strictures against wearing bright colors or trusting in man-made symbols for their safety. I don't think it's right to put somebody in jail for practicing their religious belief. But that's what we'll do if that's what it takes to abide by biblical laws. One man, one of the men, Levi Zook, said at, before the hearing, which was held in the courtroom packed by dozens of Amish men, women, and children. As it turned out, a friend of the defendants, John Via of Paducah, paid Zook's fine so he could care for an ailing son with cerebral palsy, one of his seven children. God has laid it on me to do so, Via said afterward, but the other eight were to report to jail at 11 p.m. Monday. Eli Zook, who was sentenced to four days, said he had to arrange everything from care for his family to having someone milk his cow. Crooks um, imposed the sentences after the Kentucky Court of Appeals in June denied the defendant's appeal of their misdemeanor convictions. The length of their sentences varied depending on the amount of their fines and court costs, which ranged from 148 to more than 600. The men belonged to an especially strict sect known as the Old Order Schwarzentrubers. Yeah, actually, I've heard this term. Um, Other Amish groups, including another that also lives in the Western Kentucky court, do comply with the safety requirement. And this is one thing that people don't understand about Amish. They think Amish are all the same, and it's absolutely not true. Every church 
has their own little rules. Some of the churches will uh, only allow square, uh, excuse me, rectangular windows in the back of their buggies, where others can have ovular. The ones, I mean, this is a this is a big deal in Amish communities. Ovular windows in the back of your 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 horse drawn buggy can be, you know, I mean, in some pe- in some cases they believe this is the difference between hell and and. Uh, oh come on, that I'm is an exaggeration. You. That is, is not true. I live with an old order Amish, an ex older order a Amish Mennonite? atheist. He is not an, a Mennonite, although that is. <laughs> <laughs> it, it may sound from his name that that's what he is, oh. um, and I'm I'm telling you, they absolutely do believe that you're going to go to hell for having these kind of earthly. Uh, okay, and I stand worldly. corrected. I guess it was nine, and then eight were incarcerated instead of ten, and okay. nine were incarcerated. But the point is, is that, you know, if if they're going to stand by, uh, if the court is going to stand by the law then um, the court has to respect the fact that people have religious freedom in this country, It's, it's according really t- to that law. Well, uh, the courts apparently don't. The uh, appeals court decided that that wasn't the case. And, you know, I, I mean, at this point, you can say that religious freedom means anything. But it's my religious freedom that I kill my wife if she cheats on me. Um, so, I mean... That vi- violates uh, natural laws. That so violates no. your opinion on natural laws. But, I mean, you know, this is where we get into the st- sort of statutory issues. Lawyers that, you know, especially the ones in black moomoos believe that we have to write all this crap down in order to uh to have a a safe society i think it's disgusting i think that there should be some kind of uh, leniency i don't think they should have passed this law in the first place but and and this isn't over these amish people aren't going to put this uh, this triangle on the back of their vehicle just because some of them spent eight or nine days in jail so is the uh, state looking at it as a safety issue then? Yes. Demanding they have something uh, bright and reflective yes. on their vehicles? And- Much in the same way that when you have um, something that extends beyond, you know, the, the cab of your vehicle, that you put a little flag on it. You know, if it's, I think, beyond two feet beyond your vehicle or something like that. Or if you're a slow-moving vehicle. And so that's the, that is the uh, the argument is that it's a... It, the buggies are, are slow-moving vehicles. <laughs> so do you need something other than the horse-drawn carriage to indicate that it's going to be moving slower than the cars? Well, Amish people get squished on a per capita basis far, far more often than uh, regular folks. The uh, Traffic fatalities among the Amish community is extraordinarily high. Okay, I was going to ask that question. Because they don't have the adv- advantages of you know <laughs> these big bumpers and having several thousand pounds of steel wrapped around them. Yeah. I, I mean, this is the this is the kind of thing that Amish people have been dealing with and putting up with in their community for quite some time. Well, um, but also people that drive into these Amish uh, uh, cart and uh, buggies, you know, their safety is at risk also. So I hate I hate to say it, but I'm a little sympathetic. Uh, if they're going to be using the roads, then they want to make sure that they're doing so in a safe manner. Um, I don't necessarily appreciate the state coming in and um, and throwing people in cages for doing this, but I don't know what's a, what's a good solution for them not to use the roads, for them to take their horse and buggy on the side of the road. And- most of well, that's, it doesn't work. Um, most of the time, they use back roads, mm-hmm. which has its um, advantages and disadvantages. But they try to stay off the main highways, and they do stay over as far as they can. But, you know, a horse and buggy isn't much um, – is, is almost as wide as a car. It's probably as wide as a Volkswagen. I would love Beetle. to hear from someone in the audience that's from a farm and that has uh, grown up riding on streets and, and uh, highways uh, 
you know, farm vehicles that I are did. traveling underneath. Okay, I so did. do you recall there being a triangular yep. shape, bright we had, uh, lights reflector and on the back of yours? Lights and reflectors on mm. the back of our old uh, uh, farm hmm. tractor. And um, mostly the triangle is for twilight and nighttime, um, you know, travel. I didn't take the tractor out onto the road uh, during that time frame. But um, these, you know, I, mostly Amish stay off the roads at night. This is just, I mean, this is why they do it. They they tend to be in tighter-knit communities, so they go to town during the day or something like that with a horse and buggy. They may go over to a friend's house just a little bit on the road for a little while, but not too far um, in their side, their own communities. But they're not usually going, they're not heading out to the bar and wrapping up, um, you know, the, the horse to a, uh, you know, a, a, a post there and then drinking until one and then ride, uh, driving back drunk. So when I have had all my vehicles taken and I'm I'm simply riding a horse or taking a buggy to and from my place in Dublin, should I put a an orange reflector triangle? I think on the you back should do everything you can to uh, <laughs> to keep yourself safe yeah. if you're um you know if you're on the road. The orange hair flying in the wind's not going <laughs> to yeah, be enough. That's a cover. <laughs> <to it. laughs> you know, I mean, I've I think that this is. This is a very tough situation for people to be put in. It's a shame these guys shouldn't be put in uh, jail. They, they should have been giving suspended sentences, in my opinion. But there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do to make these guys comply. They're not going to comply. Good for them. And are they asking the state or, or any other government agency to... To change other people's behavior in order no. to accommodate them? Not yeah. at all. Oh, so they're letting other people live the way they want to. They're not trying to force anyone else into their box. Nope. I, I guess the, you know, probably the the very worst thing that these guys are doing to people is, um, you know, the, the chance that you hit them, kill them, their family and their horse, that you have that kind of uh, emotional weight on your soul for the rest guess of your life. I guess you ought to be a little bit more aware of how you drive. I'm sorry. I mean, I've, I've come around the corner on uh, a uh, one of these horses buggies and i know what it's like you don't there's no noises there's no lights you just don't know what's going on free talk live are you a cigarette smoker i was too for many years you know that crap's gonna kill you right there's a healthier option Twenty-two thousand times healthier vaporsmiths.com a pack a day smoker will save 120 dollars a month and it tastes better no more ashtray mouth no smell no secondhand smoke you could use it just about anywhere free shipping on orders over 60 dollars and a free starter kit with the purchase of 40 cartomizers with coupon code ftl call 855 to get vapor or go to vaporsmiths.com Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. You can also listen in just about any way you'd like to listen to Free Talk Live. There are all kinds of options. Go to listen.freetalklive.com. You can see that we have uh, telephone lines that you can call and listen on the listen lines. Uh, there's the webcam at cam.freetalklive.com. Satellite options, XM and free-to-air, uh, more than 100 great radio stations, and the live streams at uh, freetalklive.com. It's listen.freetalklive.com. Here on Free Talk Live, we talk about getting gold and silver, whether you want to get it for a hedge against inflation, investment, or barter currency. We make it easy for you. Go to gold.freetalklive.com. We've got some common gold pieces there that, and, and silver pieces so that you can get 
precious metals into your hands for the use of the way you want to use them. And you can comparison shop with other places. Make sure you get the best price. And you're helping Free Talk Live. It's gold.freetalklive.com. So, guys, let's continue with this story here from uh, CourierJournal.com. I know Raw, Raw Story reported on this also. All the men, this is the Amish men, were convicted for failing to comply with a state law requiring the safety emblems on slow-moving vehicles. This is their horse-drawn carriages and an orange and yellow triangle, or orange and red triangle that they... No, they did wear reflective tape, though. Is that so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they just didn't, they didn't want to use the triangle because for them that is a symbol of the Trinity. And so they do not use triangle shaped um, things for secular um, activities. And they didn't want brightly colored uh, clothes and things. But they did have reflective tape that they put on themselves. So you're telling me that the state could have mandated a orange and uh, red reflect, reflective square, and they would have gone for it? Well, the idea that... Then it's, the state the really I- should make options. The idea that the state is holding to the letter of the law rather than the spirit of the law is rather, you know, it's... I don't know that the, um, I haven't gotten I haven't seen that in either of the stories that I read, but that doesn't make that it, that doesn't mean it's not true. They were very specific that this was a triangle um, that the state wanted, and these triangles are common things. They're they're on the back of a lot of different vehicles, especially tractors and stuff like that. The one thing I think about this is um, it's unlikely that you're going to your uh, you a car driver is going to die in the uh, uh, in, in an impact with a, an Amish buggy. Chances are much higher that they're going to die, that horse and everybody's going to die. Uh, so I kind of feel like... Eh, I just know, think that's crazy. I, I, problem, no, I, know, I absolutely mine. think that, that you're, what you're saying is crazy. I've lived in several horse communities mm-hmm. where, you know, San Diego, California, Nashville, Tennessee, where, where horses and, and moving vehicles coexist. And I've never heard of an accident. And these are cars like... I used to ride in Rancho and there was a Ferrari that drove by. Now my horse did buck me and, and you know, giddy up. Most but- of the horse people will be on horses and they're going to walk along the side of the road, whereas the buggies stay on the road. And these horses, I mean, and the buggies are wider. Also, many times these Amish people are in more rural communities where the roads are curvier as opposed mm-hmm. to where I, my experience is that people ride horses is generally on straighter roads. Um, you know, I mean, it, one takes one's life in one's hands when one goes out on um, a road and uh, with a horse. But... And, but and the, all three people, of us would, I think, agree that you cannot, um, you know, legislate for people's safety and security at the expense of liberty. It depends on the. Li- I, I think that, it depends. I think it depends. On Where's the Ian? I well, want him back. Well, it, it's, it seems like the Amish have a highly regulated society in their own right. I mean, they can't use triangles, for example, and or or ovals or or things like that. So. They don't have a problem with regulation. They just have a problem with man-made regulation. They have a problem <laughs> no, no. with... It's with, man-made regulation. They have a problem yeah, with, there is, with regulations yeah, sure, that are not voluntary. Is, but, well, um, they they can choose to leave right. the Amish community but if they do not want It's a want great example, to, Michelle, of how um, the you know when two communities collide, what the problems can be like and how one and, and you know what ways... These, uh, you know, what things have to be done in order to make these, uh, you know, the, these compromises happen. The Amish aren't asking for the world to change. Nope, they're not. Um, but as as has been pointed out, there is a level of danger with sm- slow moving vehicles on the road. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, a lot of places just don't let slow moving vehicles on the road. So the fact My- that. They're- 
my grandmother had her license uh, remo- revoked when she was like 79 or something. She drove her car, never been had a ticket, never been in an accident. And um, she drove to church every day and she went every day, go- every day. She went okay. to church. Yep. Went golfing twice a week, had her bridge, did the grocery shopping, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah, she was. And um, she was living in Eugene, Oregon. And there was a terrible, terrible rainstorm. And she was driving uh, 40 miles an hour in a 50. And she was pulled over. And the cop said, you're driving under the speed limit. She said, of course I am. It's dangerous out. You know, you can hardly see. And he said, you can't see. And she said, well, I can see. But, you you know, I can't see very well. So I'm driving. So she went to court to fight this ticket. And the judge said, I don't care if you think you can see well or not. You're so old, you shouldn't be driving. And took her driver's license away. Wow. So the, she had never been in an accident. She'd never caused harm to anyone. There was just this presumption that because she was old and here she was exercising discretion, the law said that you can go five miles an hour under the speed limit, not 10, even though she needed to be going 10 miles an hour under well, the speed also limit talks in about order con- to drive safely. It also talks about conditions. Uh, I mean, I do this. On, I, I can't tell you how many times on the way home I'm in a 55 mile an hour zone and I slow down to 35 or 40 because of the snow or the rain or whatever. I'm not going to be going out there when I can't see 30 or 40 feet, um, you know, in front of me. I'm going to be, I'm going to, you have to slow down. You never know when Bigfoot's going to step out in the middle of the road. <laughs> or in New Hampshire, a moose or a bear. I, I, it wasn't, I didn't see a moose or a bear. I saw a Bigfoot on the way home, Jason. They have, uh, appealed to the state Supreme Court, which has not decided whether to hear the cases. Crooks noted, Crooks isn't a bunch of crooks, Crooks is the name of the judge, noted that the defendants already had two chances with appeals denied at the Graves uh, Circuit Court level as well as the appellate court. She said, if I have my preferences, these cases would not be in front of me, but I don't get to pick and choose the cases that I hear. You do get a certain level of discretion, Ms. Crooks, and I would say that uh, Waiting until the Supreme Court made a ruling one way or the other probably would have been the way to go. I would also, she has the opportunity to kick this back and tell and and call the law unconstitutional if the law specifically says a triangular reflective plate as opposed to a reflective plate of some sort. I mean, there should be at least, at the very least, several choices. If the problem is of the Amish people, they don't like triangles, okay, let's let them make their own squares or circles or octagons or whatever they want to make octagons may not work out for stop sign purposes but you know i mean there's a myriad of 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 things out there let's put up a tetrahedron on the swirling on the top of their uh, you know buggy i don't care as long as we've got something going titty tassels what's the uh, are you talking about uh pasties yeah i I, for the horse (laughs) you just said anything well it's it's got to be in back As long as they can make them You're spin. getting awfully wound up there, Mark, you know. Crooks said that the... Well, I, you know, I, I see the point as far as having something reflective on the back. And you said they had reflective tape. And, yeah. you know, that sounds good. I, I would like to see more reflective tape. I don't know. I mean, they don't like bright colors, though. So maybe they... I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, the two stories I've read, I, I didn't hear this little fact that you... A fact that you popped in. 855-450 free. What do you think? Am I completely wrong here? Am I is 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 Marcus Can statist? someone please call him and tell me he's a statist? Mark, Mark the fascist. <laughs> 85 oh, excuse me, 855-450-3733.
This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kit Essentials Nutritionally Complete Drink. Providing your picky eater with essential nutrition and great taste in one drink. Visit us at kitessentials.com. To make sure your kids eat healthy, follow the five-a-day plan. Serve three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruit daily. Remember, a serving could just mean a piece of fruit or a half cup of veggies. If your kids are picky eaters, ask a nutritionist about other sources. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Four fifty free. That's the SACL toll free call in line here on Free Talk Live eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Are you a cigarette smoker? I was too for many years, and you know it's not good for you. There's a healthier option, twenty two thousand times healthier by some accounts. Vaporsmiths.com. They make a vaporizer that you can take with you, battery powered. It's uh, well-made, nice and heavy, has a big vaporizer in it, so you get a nice uh, a pull from the, from the device. And you can get one for free. All you have to do is buy 40 cardamizers with coupon code FTL. 40 cardamizers are the things that uh, contain the nicotine. And you'll get free shipping and a free starter kit. Because all you have to do is call Vaporsmiths, excuse me, go to Vaporsmiths.com or call 855-2-GET-VAPOR. It's Vaporsmiths.com, 855-2-GET-VAPOR. Say, uh, you know, this is the smoking of the, the new millennium. And, um, you know, folks, you can smoke anywhere, when you, just about anywhere when you do this, and it makes life a lot easier for you. Okay, so, um, Jason, I guess there were some events on Central Square. I think we're done with our Amish outlaw story here, um, unless uh, anybody calls in and has uh, some new information or, or some or, way to look at it. Yeah, or new ideas about how we can solve this problem without getting the state involved. I think that um, really what the state should mandate instead of uh, this uh, this triangle that the, the Amish consider a religious symbol is, is like a reflective Baphomet or perhaps a, a pentagram. Now, yeah, I would think solution. you atheists would just think that Charles Darwin's, you know, is going to take care of this just fine. Well, I mean, I, if they don't use reflective tape, then they're going to get their brains splattered all over the ground. And, you know, they're happy because they go to heaven and and y'all are happy because you don't have to deal with them anymore. And so live and let live or in this case, live and let die. So so uh, atheists want people to die and hor- <laughs> horrible, disfiguring deaths, including their horses. Is that what you're saying, Michelle Seven? <laughs> Uh, okay, so Mark, you asked about uh, Central You're Square. You're so naughty, Jason <laughs> Tell. You are. You remind me of Puck. <laughs> of Puck? Puck. I know oh, I've heard do the we name. Have to, do we have to discuss? We're not going to talk about Shakespeare next segment. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, the, look forward to that, everybody. Night's Eve, you're, you're a satyr, apparently. <laughs> the equivalent, by the way, to uh, nymphomania in males is satyrism. Oh, but we digress. It's not as sexy, I can assure you. <laughs> <laughs> not nearly. It'll kill a conversation in a second, apparently. I guess yeah. so. Yeah, there we go. So, uh, yeah, for the fourth week in a row, we had a Free Speech Friday in Central Square, and uh, we were able to have uh, Derek join us. We uh, we bailed him out. Actually, he bailed himself out. Um, his father sent money to a Western Union, and uh, myself and some other liberty activists picked it up this morning. Uh, it took several hours once we got to the jail, but eventually he was released. He was in, uh, released in time. Why did it take so long? Was it? Do you believe it was some kind of, uh, you know, was it on purpose or what? 
Um, well, at first they went through the uh, the list of all the uh, bail, uh, bondsmen um, to, and, and they said, oh, you know, they're not interested in paying the forty dollar fee. So they said it's going to be about four or five p.m. until somebody's going to come and, and help you out. Uh, so uh, some activists decided to ship in the so forty dollars. So they're just being douches. They were well. I mean, the bondsmen the bondsmen get forty bucks for coming. And if they don't get their forty bucks, then why do they come? I mean, one has to ask. Well, that why question. is why is that position there? I I don't know. Yeah, it's I, a bad position, but that's not paying the forty dollars really isn't going to make it go away. Well, it's not going to get our friend out in, in time. So yeah. we we thought he had spent enough time there. So anyway, we got him out. Um, uh, he gave a nice, a really nice talk, and uh, his, his spirits are high. Uh, if we didn't bail him out, then he was going to have to stay in uh, that cage until January. So yeah, this is how long it's going to take for his little case to go to court, right? Right. That would be his trial, and then if he was found guilty, it would have been time served. And if he was found innocent, then uh, hey, sorry about all that time you spent in a cage. Uh, so, well, I don't know how it's going to turn out. You never know how these things are going to go. But there's, uh, I, I, if he goes to a jury trial, he's going to have one heck of a time uh, pleading innocent, not guilty. Well, and he's going to get to face his one his one accuser. I saw that on the video. I don't know for people who haven't seen that the video. You can go to either Adam Kokesh or Jason Talley TV, right? Yeah, you can go to Talley TV or uh, CDEvolution org uh, for these videos. And so I took a live stream, and people complained about the quality of the videos I was taking. Kokesh brought out his brand new camera. It's the first video that he released ever since uh, leaving Russia today. And just did a really fantastic job. It is a great video. Um, and Production values are great. You were talking to Mark about uh, being in front of a jury. This is the kind of video that you want in front of a jury. You have uh, people singing, give peace a chance. Uh, you have you know keen law enforcers putting their hands on a peaceful person just for possession of, uh, of cannabis. Um, and so hopefully we can get the, the jury to, uh, to nullify. I don't even know if it's one before a jury because it's just, um, what is it? It's just a misdemeanor charge. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, I I don't know if you're going to be able to use the. I think they're probably more likely use the raw footage in in court. But um, it, what you were talking about, Michelle, is there appears to be this um, old drunken uh, bum or something at the very end of it saying, "I'm the one who was a victim of Derek's crime. I'm the one." And I mean, I don't. I, I think I'll, he keeled over I'll at the you, end. <laughs> I don't even know what was going on there. I mean, I was really, it was really bizarre. It was a strange way to end up the video. Yeah. You know, somebody claiming that he was a victim of Derek smoking marijuana. Right, this this guy who doesn't really seem to have much of a presence there, but yet all these kids I don't who know. were I'm... getting balloon animals done for them and by Dwight, a, a the balloon man of New Hampshire. And um, I guess I wasn't there, but I think it, it appeared from all the pictures in the video that I saw that there were all sorts of walks of life out there and they were all having a good time. They were all commingling and coexisting and, uh, and it seemed very peaceful. And, and the, uh, the one cop seemed not upset by, by uh, Derek pulling it out initially yeah, you know. Derek, Derek was no threat to anybody. As a matter of fact, it was a cool moment. You can't see this in Kokesh's video, but it's in one of my live streams on Tally.tv where, um, you know, one one thing that we're trying to emphasize with Central Square and all over, but specifically Central Square, is let's be peaceful. You know, that, that that's the one place where we want the community to come together. So, you know, we asked everybody, um, can can we 
um, commit to being peaceful. And if you can commit to that, let's raise our hands. And so I have a shot of like everybody raising their hands except for uh, employees of the Keene Police Department. <laughs> they, they couldn't possibly raise their hand that they were going to be peaceful because they knew that they were going to have to do uh, commit aggression if they were going to um, enforce the New Hampshire state law, which is that uh, cannabis, something that grows from the ground, is a prohibited substance, and uh, you'll get time in a cage for that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, anything else happened today that's, uh, that was worthy of uh, pointing out? Derek was there? Well, so, yeah, it was the fourth Free Speech Friday in a row, um, and they did send cops uh, there because it happened um, after 420 and so uh, Keene Police Department has been sending law enforcement. But uh, the last two days, there have been um, a more successful uh, 420 celebration with uh, no arrest. Um, so what do you mean by successful? How's it going? Well, I mean, so successful meaning no arrest as opposed to the day before where Derek was arrested um, and they had eight cops uh, around there, a heavy right. presence. But the fact of the matter is, not just Keene, but governments can't afford this war on drugs if you're going to have people that are, are going to constantly resist it. It's going to make them bankrupt. So they can't afford to send their entire shift out every single time there's a 420 celebration, especially in Keene. Yeah, I, you know, so are are people smoking at 420 um, while cops are standing around? Well, uh, Derek did a good job of distracting all the cops uh, on that 420. <laughs> I bet so he did. they were on him, and so on other people, other people went uh, to different corners of the park and smoked. And then uh, uh, yesterday there was definitely smoking, and today as well. And they just didn't have the manpower to crack down on it. Interesting. So, what? Why did they want to come out on that particular day? The uh, the the day that they took Derek in a few days ago. A couple, well, a few days ago, the city of Keene had a uh, a meeting in one of their uh, government buildings about what we're going to do about Central Square. And, and Central Square has kind of changed from the uh, uh, time frame where you know they were just doing four twenties. That apparently there's more activity there. Uh, you know, they're claiming that gangs are hanging out, the Juggalos or whatever they're saying are hanging out in the park. Is that right? Well, like I, uh, the, there are members. Of the Juggalos. Uh, some are, are nice, some uh, not so much, but uh, there's gang activity. The Blue Light Gang is there, uh, has, has established a presence. More oh, yeah. Often. Yes, they have. 855-450-3733. I'm so not hip. Liberty Maniacs is the largest online Liberty brand. Featured the most comprehensive selection of original posters, stickers, apparel, embroidered hats, and over 100 different products from around the world. From hilarious satire to hard-hitting artistic commentary, Liberty Maniacs is devoted to outfitting the Liberty movement with intelligent, eye-catching, and fashionable gear that expresses your personal dedication to Liberty. Best of all, Liberty Maniacs offers a no-hassle, money-back guarantee on all products. LibertyManiacs.com. Wear something worth saying. As I walk through the valley where I harvest my grain, I take a look at my wife and realize she's very plain. But that's just perfect for an Amish like me. You know I shun fancy things like electricity. At 4.30 in the morning, I'm milking cows. Jebediah feeds the chickens and Jacob plows. Fool, and I've been milking and plowing so long that even Ezekiel thinks that my mind is gone. I'm a man of the land, I'm into discipline. Got a Bible in my hand and a beard on my chin. But if I finish all of my chores and you finish thine, then tonight we're gonna party like it's 1699. We've been spending most our lives living in an Amish paradise. 
That's right, folks. That one goes out to the Amish Outlaws in Paducah, Kentucky. You guys keep on rocking it like it's 1699. So. <laughs> I bet you, though, that a lot of those guys are pretty good in the sack because there's not really much. <laughs> there's not really much to do, you know. I, so you got to you got to develop the skills. You know, there would not be the complaint that there is within the liberty com- uh, community. You know, y'all just don't get out because you're too busy online. That's just not a problem. No, they're not playing video not. games. So it's like they're going to play doctor. It's you know, hands-on experience. You like that that beard thing they got going on? <laughs> you know, the whole just under the it could tickle. Just yeah, there you go, <laughs> Michelle. The markets have been doing some really strange things recently. Folks are expecting, you know, green shoots. It looks like the green shoots have turned brown and died. And you are a bit of an expert on this. Um, You make your living doing this. Isn't that correct? Yeah, I'm a financial trader. I haven't made any money in the last couple of years because I dumped a six-figure trading account when the IRS levied my property. So I'm just now starting back up again. Did you hear that, IRS? I'm going to be making money again, so you can just keep coming after me. So um, what, what's your, what are your thoughts on uh, what's going on? What, you, got, you got any advice for people? I'm, go, I'm shorting the market. Yeah, I, I don't have much hope that we're going to see the S&P back up around 1,500 until it goes down to like 600. Okay. I imagine that that most probably 60 to 70% of what's currently makes up the S&P will be non-existent within a couple of years. So uh, people that are sitting with 401ks and IRAs, can they follow your advice in any way? You know, there. Um, what you can do is you can have your 401k traded into uh, bear funds. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they hold mutual funds. And so hopefully you have enough of a, um, a, a handle on that that you could, you know, ask for bear funds. So such as like URPIX with Pro Funds is an ultra bear fund that is long the um, the market short. Okay. So in any case, that so you would make money when the, as the S and P went down. But you know, one of the things though that I I love and I find really exciting about uh, bear markets, you know, people are always so afraid of the market going down. Well, the market expands and it contracts, and in order for there to be growth, there has to be this expansion and contraction, kind of like a heartbeat or having a baby or whatever. In order for there to be movement extending outward, there has to be this expansion and contraction. So what happens in um, in a contraction is that people become more conservative in savings increases right. and people begin to make better and more prudent dis- uh, choices and decisions about where they invest their money. This is happening at my house. I mean, you know, we've gone from, you know, I went from, you know, an advertising executive in Sarasota, Florida, driving around a little black sports convertible sports car and, you know, spending everything I made to now I live out in the woods and have my own garden. And, um, you know, we're spending as little as possible and, right. and all that stuff. Right. But a lot of times when people would make uh, more conservative financial decisions, wouldn't they go to like uh, treasury bonds and, uh, and, and government uh, type investments? Munis. Well, you know, historically, I don't really know. Um, I haven't actually paid attention in I'm, that in that sense to what herds do. You know, the um, there I trade according to. Uh, technical trading not fundamental trading so quite frankly i don't really care what's happening out in the world it doesn't affect my decision as far as trading i just look at waves and and you know it's it's kind of like elliott wave analysis but not exactly in any case the um 
the idea of expansion contraction, though, what you see when the market contracts is, as you said, Mark, you become more conservative in things. And with that, the cream rises to the top. So does the scum. <laughs> but, scum you know, and cream. Yeah. Excellent. And so, so one thing that I noticed today, I, got, I saw this, this uh, great interview between um, John Stossel and, uh, John Stossel and um, Bill O'Reilly. Okay. It was absolutely hysterical because they were talking about uh, economics. And Ro- Bill O'Reilly didn't know who Keynes was. He's like, Keynes, Keynes. Well, I got that name wrong early on, too, but yeah. (laughs) He didn't even know who the guy was. Okay, you probably know who he is. Yeah, I know who, now I know who Maynard Keynes was, but I mean, you know, when I started doing this job six, seven, eight, nine years ago or whatever it was, I I didn't. Yes, but you're not a, you're not I'm not Bill O'Reilly. Right, exactly. Offering up your opinion on economics and the Federal Reserve and United States economic policy the way he does and with the kind of authority yeah, no, no doubt. Um, let's get back to it here. Let's get to. Uh, is this Tommy in Scotland? Yeah. Hello. Hello. Guys. Who's this? Yeah, so let's talk about uh, Israel. You'd like to talk about Israel? What would you like to say? For you guys. What's that? Yes, uh, my question is the following: uh, Why does uh, many American libertarians have a kind of hostility towards Israel? Why do some libertarians uh, I, in America have an affinity towards Israel? No hostility. Hostility towards Israel. Well, yes, because uh, I've seen an example of this in a website, uh, Cafe Ayek, where the guys, it's about economics, the website, but one day they posted something that was pro-Israel, and the guy just had more than 250 comments, uh, basically insulting him and very derogatory. So, uh, Sam, we've there, got a really bad connection here, um, but I, I'll give you. A, I'll, I'll take it off the air and, uh, and tell you what we think here. Um, I think that first off, that um, when you're going to find in libertarian communities is often often a hostility towards governments in general. Um, specifically, when you're talking about Israel, you're talking about a situation where you've got an ongoing. Uh, uh, you know, war, essentially a sort of cold war, um, you know, cold warm war with uh, with Palestine. And it's no doubt that both sides are going to create situations where people have opinions on that. Um, you know, the, the idea that they're stopping uh, food and building materials from getting into Palestine, I think that that's not really acceptable. That's what Israel's doing. They're, uh, they'll often just decide, we're going to put a, uh, a new community in here and we're going to move out all the Palestinians. This has happened. These uh, settlements, uh, they occur and they just knock down people's houses and build up uh, newer houses and put Israelis in them. Uh, this is a way that they're sort of expanding their country and it's uh, they're, they're using it as uh, a way to go after folks. Um, you know that they don't that they don't like and they don't agree with, and I think that that's wrong. Um, they're not respecting humans and their their sort of human right to live on land that they've been relegated to. Yeah, I would say that my biggest problem with the state of Israel is that it, it's a state, but uh, it was just um, decided that it was going to be there and it displaced the people that already lived there, the Palestinians. Some, yeah, and uh, and and I find that wrong. I also don't care for the United States um, government to be sending them money so that they can, uh, at times, do uh, really bad things. Well, um, not only that, the United States doesn't have any money to send. The United States steals from is in the, is in other the, people. Really in the red. <laughs> right. right. The so, United States steals from people to take their money. Yeah. So imagine if 
you're in the United States and you're Palestinian and your home and your family is being stolen, you're paying to you're you're paying you're working to pay for the United States government to give Israel money to have your home destroyed. Mm-hmm. Yep, I went through. <laughs> I was in Israel and Palestine. I passed through one of the uh, the checkpoints to go to um, the, the Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem, which I believe is in uh, Palestine. And you know, there's a there's a dis- marked and distinct difference between being in Israel and being in Palestine. One of them looks like a looks like you're in um, you know uh, suburban New Jersey. The other one looks like you're in a war zone. Um, I mean, there's, you know, there's a distinct difference, but there were people that were trying to get through the checkpoint that couldn't go through because they were Palestinian. I just went right through as an American. That's discrimination, mm-hmm. you know, and I, 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 the Israeli government discriminates against people of Arab descent that are citizens. They're second class citizens in, I mean, it, the, the fact is, of the matter is the Israeli government is bigoted. They treat people that are not the nationality that they think they should be um, differently. There was a situation where a um, apparently a an Arab Israeli Arab citizen decided to uh, proposition this girl. Um, she went out and went, went off and had sex with him, thinking that he was Jewish. And when it turned out that he wasn't Jewish, they charged him with rape. Mm-hmm. If he would have been Jewish. Like her decision was whether he was Jewish or not, and the court decided, well, since he portrayed himself as being Jewish, and he didn't even say I'm Jewish, he just had some name that was kind of a Jewish nickname, and they charged him with rape. That's wrong. It's bigoted, and mm-hmm. that 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 goes on. It's institutional in the Israeli government. Free talk live eight fifty five four fifty free. And now it's time for the Living Beyond Your Feelings Radio Minute with tips and advice on controlling your emotions so they don't control you. Here's New York Times bestselling author Joyce Meyer. You know, we all have a lot of feelings, but it's really important for us to understand that we are a lot more than just feelings. We have feelings, but we should not let them have us. They're only one part of our being. We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. Those feelings are part of our soul. We need to learn how to be led by the Holy Spirit, which is a deeper part of us than the soul, which is a more exterior part of us. Our emotions like to ebb and flow like ocean waves. They're up and they're down. They're here today. They're gone tomorrow. You can go to bed feeling one way, wake up feeling another totally different way. So surely you can understand how important it is to own your feelings and not let them own you. For the Living Beyond Your Feelings Radio Minute, I'm Joyce Meyer. For more information to help you control your own emotions so they don't control you, please visit Joyce Meyer. That's M-E-Y-E-R dot org. The average person has 70,000 thoughts every day, and many of those thoughts trigger a corresponding emotion. In Living Beyond Your Feelings, Joyce Meyer examines the gamut of feelings that human beings experience. She discusses the way that the brain processes and stores memories and thoughts. Then, emotion by emotion, she explains how we can manage our reactions to those emotions. Living Beyond Your Feelings, the newest book from New York Times bestselling author Joyce Meyer, is available wherever books are sold. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live, we have a big old website that's completely free for you. You can go there and you know check out all the services. We have uh, archives going back to 2006. I don't think too many radio programs, certainly not re- commercial radio programs, are doing that for you. 
We've got the Shrine of Female Listeners at shrine.freetalklive.com, news.freetalklive.com, where you can sign up for emailed updates or Twitter or Facebook and uh, get involved with Free Talk Live online in that manner. The cam at cam.freetalklive.com and uh, m.freetalklive.com, where you can you know go with your mobile device. All those things for you for free because Free Talk Live loves you. So uh, it's Mark with you. And Jason. And Michelle. I've got an email from a listener who has some questions. He has apparently been having some correspondence with a statist and wants to get our Just take on one? it. Just one? Lucky guy, just one in his life? The world's full of them. Well, (laughs) not the articulate ones. Okay. (laughs) And uh, we don't get those on Free Talk Live too often. I wish we got them more often, but we just don't. You know, they they listen to us. They say, this isn't for me, and off they go. And they don't (laughs) spend much time calling in. So this is uh, from Brian. He says, hi, Mark. I'm having a discussion with someone about the free market. They're very pro-government. They just messaged me with... Except for in the cases of price fixing, fixing, which has been shown to be the case in many places to an extent where the top oil companies are even now being investigated for it, or monopolies. Oh, sure, we eliminated horizontal monopolies, though when your choice is only between three or four different companies, it might as well be a monopoly. Uh, I think that's cartel. But uh, lateral monopolies have sprung into place and are even worse. Not sure the difference between a horizontal monopoly and a lateral monopoly, but uh, this is the claim of the uh, the, the email writer here. Um, your governmentless business practices have been proven not to work. The economic crisis was actually created by a historic lack of government oversight. Um, oh God! Right. So the, the, <laughs> that's, gotta, that's demonstrably. I have a heart attack. <laughs> okay. So that um, I, I I think I should take the first. I think we should take the first sentence, and then we'll come back to this uh, next uh, next paragraph here. So um, the reason that we have monopolies in the marketplace is because of government regulation, not in spite of it. Um, There's a really great example in Mary Ruart's Healing Our World about Standard Oil. Standard Oil had a monopoly of about 90% at some point in like 1880. I mean, 90% of the market share. And then... As time went by, and they, uh, you know, they monopolized uh, railroad contracts, and they they fixed their pricing and all that other stuff. Other companies began to spring spring up. Standard Oil, I believe, has been uh, you know moved into you know is is one is part of one of the major oil companies that exist today, but it is essentially no more. They lost market share at some point. Yes, sometimes monopolies will exist in the marketplace, but usually they do it through government. Um, monopolies can't exist in, um, without the government is basically how it goes. You might have a short-term monopoly where somebody, for instance, finds the only um, you know known uh, reserve of vibranium ore. And, well, now I've got all the vibranium. Well, it doesn't take too long before somebody says, well, that vibranium stuff, great. Let, let's go looking for that. And they find some other reserve or they you know, buy up some of mine or whatever. The marketplace tends towards diversity. And yes, there are inherent advantages of monopolies, but the only way that monopolies can truly be secured is through the government. Yeah, the government, which, of course, is the largest monopoly. Uh, and uh, they are the one that said enforce patents, which uh, gives somebody a monopoly over an idea. Right. Intellectual property. Also, well, go ahead. I'm sorry. So, uh, Mr. Uh, Rudolph uh, Diesel, he um, ran his engine at the 1900 World's Fair on pure peanut oil. Mm-hmm. And um, 
you mentioned Standard Oil of 1880 and and the uh, Rockefellers um, monopoly on on oil. Well, from what I understand, Mr. Diesel um, presented this engine that that could have you know been sustained, and we would completely not be dependent upon the Middle East for oil. We it wouldn't be necessary to be you know, ruining the tundra of Alaska or whatever and destroying the wildlife and this in the oceans, et cetera, because peanut oil is obviously, you know, it's not toxic, et cetera. And, um, and the big three or the big five, I always get confused if it was three, then it became five or it was five that became three of the, um, of the, uh, uh, motor companies, motor companies. Yes. Essentially, you know, use their lobbyists to say, no, I'm sorry, you cannot have these engines that don't require petroleum-based products. And And that was a perfect example of how the government interfered in the progress. Imagine what would have happened with with vehicles and transportation if it had... If the government had kept their hands off, we see with technology now, the government hasn't been able to keep up with the technology of, you know, Blackberries and computers and the Internet. And so we've seen this just explosion of, um, of you know, lesser, um, better made quality, better quality made products for cheaper prices to where everyone basically can afford a computer or a phone, et cetera. And, and it's been because the government can't keep up and hasn't been able to get involved in it. I would have, I mean, we'd be driving lunar cars now or something. Right. Technology <laughs> and communication should not be minimized in this scenario because I don't know how things could have worked in the past with those conditions, but I can tell you in the marketplace today that, a, you know, it, um, that a great deal of less, fewer regulations, in fact, I would prefer to see no regulations in this area, but it's going to take a while to get to a scenario like that, would Actually, they would uh, they would regulate themselves. These companies would, you know, there would be companies that would regulate not just not the regulate themselves. Would, the, the market, market would, would regulate, regulate them. Yeah. Outside third party organizations would would regulate them, and that's what you would see. I understand why people have fear of this, but the um, and and we'll get into this in in just a second. Their concern is that corporate that this guy is co- uh, pro corporation, and you're not pro corporation when you're anti government because corporations can only exist from the government. They are a uh, a sanction from the government. They are title granted by the Lord that gives them that gives people that act within the corporation a level of unaccountability for their actions, a level of uh, immunity from the, the the consequences of their actions. Yeah, and without government privilege, I would find it very hard for corporations to get so large. I mean, you have uh, GE these days, a massive corporation that has interest in um, media as well, but uh, they pay no taxes to the government. They they probably write a lot of the laws uh, that they give them the loopholes. So right, these corporations are the government. Frankly, I mean, when <laughs> the government grants the corporations to to these companies, they uh, the, the corporation incorporation status, they grow so large that they then control the governments. This is what you get when you let uh, governments, which have a monopoly, grant more monopolies. That's what they do. That's what. Lords do they grant titles to other beings and call them that your lords and they just place them above you arbitrarily. This person goes on with your governmentless business practices have already been proven not to work. Show me the place where the government um, has not been involved in business. I would love to see it. Maybe the old west for a period of time. 
the economic crisis was actually created by a historic lack of government oversight. No, the economic crisis was largely created by the housing situation where the government got involved and mandated that Freddie Mae and Fannie Mac or whatever they are uh, grant uh, housing to, you know, home loans to people that didn't need, that shouldn't have had those home loans in the first places. And they create these, created these toxic loans. Yeah, well, no, they created Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac to yes. uh, give these loans to people. And then they wonder why there's this housing bubble. So what a surprise. Yeah, the government is, is totally responsible for that. Um, Alan Greenspan, the disciple of Annie Rand um, herself, <laughs> wrote it wrong here, even came from forward to testify that the free market does not work. You can interpret what Alan Greenspan's testimony was in front of uh, whomever in any way, shape, or form. I don't know what this is. His testimony is uh, long and expansive and hours and hundreds of hours worth of testimony there. I don't know what uh, this person is talking about. But the free market does work, and it works every single time. You can try to limit it. You can try to uh, you know, uh, cause the ebbs and flows not to uh, happen. Happen, but you're never going to stop it. Yeah, and Alan Greenspan, um, you know, he has no right to talk about the free market as chairman, former chairman of the Federal Reserve. I mean, right, that is I mean, not a free the chairman market institution. of an organization that creates a fiat currency—that's a currency created by government dictate. How in the world is that free market? What? 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 It's not. Let's what? go. Uh, we'll go on with this. Eight fifty-five, four fifty-free. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com lc9. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. Ruger's new SR-40C is the compact version of the recoil-reducing striker-fired SR-40 pistol, one of the slimmest and most ergonomic full-sized 40 caliber pistols on the market today. The SR-40C is based on the same high-performance glass-filled nylon frame as those used in so many great Ruger pistols, offering the same features including a slim frame, short trigger reach, reversible back strap, amnidextrous controls. The SR-40C features a throw-hardened stainless steel slide or alloy steel slide with Nitrodox Pro Black Finish. You can see it at Ruger.com and purchase it at your local gun dealer. It's, again, Ruger.com. Let's go back to this email that we've been reading here and... Um, you know, I, I these are these are arguments that have been going on for quite some time against the, those that would love to see the government involved in everything in business. When we can see that every time the government gets involved in business, it screws it up. It doesn't uh, it doesn't keep a good eye on it. It rewards its friends. It punishes its enemies. Um, the marketplace ends up destroyed and messed up. And then what do they do? They blame it on the business. Well, if the government was any good at creating anything, it would have done it. But if you want the if you want the car that the government created, go out, go run right out and buy yourself a Volga. But the government is creating something and the government's very successful at Tyranny? that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Death. Yeah. The government wants control and the government um, wants to have a, a bunch of 
drone slaves. Yeah, yeah, but that don't really produce anything. They would love to have they would love to have the ability to produce like the marketplace does, but they don't know how to create it. And Which is interesting considering so many of the politicians, you know, supposedly have successful businesses. I'm convinced that most of them are lawyers, lawyers but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Let's uh, let's go on here. Another uh, segment in this uh, your no true Scotsman argument as um, as well. You claim that we've never had a free market when in truth we've exist it's we've existed for some time. When in truth we, they've existed for some time. There's no a free market is free of government interference. How can you have a free market if there's government interference? Please show me the place in the world. Don't say we've had free markets for some time and then not back the statement up and then say that I'm using the logical fallacy of no true Scotsman because I will go ahead and make that same logical fallacy. You're making the same logical fallacy, which is making a claim and not backing it up with an example. Show me the one place where free markets have existed because I'll bet you I can find that they haven't. Because government's involved in everything. It's ubiquitous. It spans the globe. They're always telling you what you can do and what can't you do and, and these kind of things. Some people would claim that it is for the protection of others. I would claim that uh, those that's the that's the ruse in order to you know be able to get their hand in your pocket. It's that, for the protection of special interest. Absolutely. And that is what Bill O'Reilly was, you know, saying to John Stossel. This this hysterical well what, just no restrictions? Just no one's going to have any control over what other people are doing. And John's like, right. Well, no, there's a great deal of control in the market. Absolutely. And that's where he made a mistake, I thought, and that he didn't say the the market provides oversight. People will vote with their dollars. Consumer Reports is a great example of this. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a magazine that has no government, uh, you know, funding, whatever. And they rate companies and those companies try very hard to get this Consumer Reports ratings. And this... You know, this happens. I mean, the the marketplace will regulate itself. I know the people are scared. There are some regulations I like. I'll go out and tell you right now. I like that little box that comes on food that tells you what's in it and what's not in it. But then I found out they're not always telling you the truth, the nutritional value and and stuff like that. You know, so, I mean, I've got this box that I believe is telling me the truth. It's not always telling me the truth. That gets confusing. I would like to see something like that. I can give you a suggestion and a way to avoid that. Don't eat boxed food, Mark. Don't eat boxed food. Well, all food comes somehow. And how, how do you find out this information how do i know how many carbs and how much vitamin b12 is in something well don't trust the government because they keep changing their food pyramid or the food <laughs> circle about every administration it seems <laughs> let's go to nick in illinois nick hi i have a bit of an ethical dilemma surrounding the american government's current tax and deficit situation okay. i love uh, your voice and i love it when you call and i love the um topic of ethical dilemmas so i'm thrilled Thank you. Um, On the one hand, taxes are extortion, as we know. But on the other hand, if the government doesn't raise taxes to get more revenue, all those people who are currently reliant on government entitlements will suffer because further deficit spending will hasten and worsen the impending collapse. Ron Paul has a really good suggestion about that, and that is that um, if the troops were called home, the amount of money that would be saved in um, not having to support these undeclared wars, et cetera, and, um, you know, would be enough to cover Social Security and Medicaid and Medicare, et cetera, for a while. And then, you know, Peter Schiff, he says, okay, you fine, have a tax, have it be on, um, on basically like imported goods or 
uh, tariffs. Pe- Peter Schiff's always uh, doesn't. I don't see why imported goods are any different than goods created here. I mean, you know, as far as I'm concerned, free people should be able to buy their stuff freely. I would say that if the government has the right to tax something, they have the right to tax corporations because they've created those. If people want to unincorporate their business and then take full responsibility for their stuff, I think you'll see in the marketplace that uh, fewer there'll be fewer lawsuits filed over time because there'll just be so many more sole proprietors and partnerships out there. Um, corporations, uh, you know, corporations are creations of the government, and if anything deserves to be taxed, a corporation does. Yeah, I'd like to see uh, the government start selling off a lot of its property to raise money There's for that yes. programs. Absolutely. I mean, when, when. they own the, al- the par- almost all of Alaska. Right. Um, the a parks great deal of the and everything, West. they've just let go to Helen Hambag, as my Grammy would say. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree with all that, but the odds that any of that will really pass in our Nick, current. Nick, the odds of anything that we talk about on this show really <laughs> passing are remarkably right, slim. We talk about we why. talk about moral and ethical um, behavior on this program, and, and then you know, you're discussing politics, which is the opposite, right? Pretty much, okay. but that's why it's uh, a tough dilemma, because it's between a bad decision and a worse decision. Well, is, is it a dilemma for you? There's well, no yeah. dilemma for me. I do not pay income taxes. I do not pay property taxes. Some would argue that because I, I pay rent that I do indirectly. When I owned homes, I did not pay property taxes on them. I do not pay capital gains either, and... You know, the stand, my standard of living has gone down considerably, but I've also withdrawn money from the economy simply because the goods and services out there just don't thrill and excite me. So, so there's no dilemma for me. I don't want my money going to killing brown people or what have you. So I don't, I don't pay for it. Well, I think Nick's question is a good one. How do we take care of the old people? Nick, do you have an idea? Oh, no, I mean, this isn't, um, that's not, uh, the other side of this is that, um, is that uh, Obama's solution, the solution that is apparently on the table right now, that we have to say either yay or nay to, and what I'm afraid is, you know, if we say, if we say nay to it, then maybe the collapse will come very soon, and that is to tax the rich. Uh, because, you know, Obama said the rich need to pay their fair share. And what I've been thinking is that most of them probably got their wealth thanks to the government. Anyway. A lot of times that's the case, Nick. There's no doubt about it. Um, and, the- not just the, and not just through subsidies or anything, but also because of, like, um, I, I believe this has been talked before in, uh, like, Mises.org literature, that uh, that big corporations, not just corporations, but big businesses in general, are effectively subsidized by taxes because money is taxed when it changes hands. So big companies have a benefit because if you Nick, own hold the line, the- please hold the line. 855-450 free. You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know a new currency will take over at some point. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about Bitcoins at WeUseCoins.org. That's WeUseCoins.org. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. Call in, talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. 
if you were fr- are you frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live? Are you tired of the oppressive state intruding in on your business and personal life? If you knew that thousands of liberty-loving people from all over were moving to the same place and getting active, would you join them? You can. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. Again, it's freestateproject.org. You can come hang out with us. That's right. All the cool folks. (laughs) That's why we moved here. Indeed, everybody in this room is uh, is a free stater. Um, Picked up and moved their lives for the Free State Project. Let's go back to Nick in Illinois. Nick? Hi. Um, I just wanted to say that, uh, so uh, as I was saying before, big companies have a lot of advantages in the current system, as do the wealthy in general, I would think. Uh, I would think that they would not be anywhere near as wealthy as they are because of those direct and indirect advantages. But somebody's going to be wealthy in the uh, free market. Oh, of course. But the the issue is, like, is it morally okay? Like, should we really uh, shed that many tears about them being taxed if it can stave off the collapse. And the reason why I think it's important to stave off the collapse is because, uh, you know, change has to happen from the ground up, and we need to convince people against the ideas of government first, because otherwise if you have a collapse and that and that ground-level change hasn't happened yet, we're a lot more likely to get a dictator. And we're a lot I more likely to disagree that. with your premise, Nick, that we have to make, to create this change what I think must happen, because to me, must and ought are universal principles that apply to everyone, et cetera. And so so should, must, ought, those are words that I kind of go eh, to. What we must do is let people live freely, and one ought not to um, interfere with my expression so long as I do not harm or steal from anyone. I don't think Nick disagrees with that. Right. So if if you say, Nick, that um, that the government, you don't want to see a collapse, um, I think that. uh, Well, I I don't think that you can avoid it, actually, if you are to hold true to your principles. Right. Well, well, something that some some would say that increased taxes on the rich would have the effect of stifling business growth and therefore hasten a collapse anyway. So I don't know that I trust. One thing I don't know is that you or I, Nick, can come up with the the tax plan that will be perfect, that will result in a better um, situation in the future. One thing I'm certain that I don't believe is that a bunch of politicians can come to a conclusion together um, that that is going to work as well as what you and I would come up with, which I already have no faith in. Um, so, Michelle, you think that uh, nothing is going to stave off the collapse, even if even if Obama did start taxing the rich like he wants to? Okay. First of all, who do you consider the rich? Just if you would define that for me. <laughs> do you consider people very... that make over $100,000 to be rich? People who make less do. Well, $250,000 is the limit, the arbitrary limit that uh, I've heard bandied about a lot. Uh, Bandied about by the Obama administration? Yes. Okay. That's true. Well, I I wouldn't consider someone that um, makes $250,000 to be rich. I kind of, I think rich starts around, I don't know, $15, $20 million. Why are we uh, deciding? Right, right. The the thing is, it's just, it's arbitrary. Sure it is. And so it's, it's, um, it's meant to be... Uh, discriminatory and it's meant to uh, pit, pit people against each other and I so I think that that's unhealthy you know period um, no I do not think that if the quote-unquote rich were taxed at a higher 
rate that um, or a lower rate, meaning more money that it would stave off. What would happen is those people with money will remove it from the economy, just like they did when Nasser came into power in Egypt, just like they did in Iran, just like they did in um, in uh, Europe um, back at, around World War Two, et cetera. So, no, what's going to happen is that those with money are either just going to withdraw altogether and and not participate in the production of the economy or they're going to take their money and put it elsewhere. So then you're going to call them a criminal and they'll move <laughs> to where they're not a criminal. Well, um, so I think that there's I think that there's arguments to be had on both sides of this issue. But the problem is, is that the government will never. It is a beast that continues to grow. Its gullet is never satiated. Its maw grows and grows. It is eternally wide and will engulf all productivity at any point. So the rich already are the only ones that pay taxes. Twenty eight point one percent of Americans pay income tax. 28.1% of Americans pay income tax. 28.1% of Americans pay income tax. The rest of you guys don't do it. I don't do it. We don't make enough money. The rich pay the taxes. And the government wants more from them. And they, you know, there's some people out there say, well, they they should deserve to pay more. Those people aren't paying any income tax, likely. Um, And, you know, this to me, it's just an opportunity. The government wants to create this battleground so it can get more taxes. It doesn't care where it gets them from. The richer, better, juicier targets, but it will consume you and everything that you own in a moment's notice if it gets the opportunity. Yeah, something else that I that I realized uh, that I because this is the other side of an argument that I was having with somebody else in my family, and something I brought up to them when they mentioned uh, the, these points that I've been saying so far is that one problem with thinking that you can just solve the problem by increasing taxes is that the more taxes expand, the more the spending will expand above and beyond that. Because uh, as we know, I mean, sure, just take a look at Obamacare. Uh, you know, two years ago we didn't have the government. Uh nearly as deep in in medical care as it is now. It'll just keep on expanding. Well, it's not even just that, but also, like, the the current bureaucracies that already exist expand their budget according to the revenues that they think they're going to get because they, like, like the military will burn equipment. I keep hearing about that. Sure. Happens all the time. Farmers are paid to not grow food. Right. So there's there's a lot of, of waste. So even if the taxes expand, and the country used to run on much lower taxes, so this is a problem that just keeps escalating. So like, where's your dilemma? <laughs> well, well, my moral dilemma is more about how many tears should I shed if the if the rich start getting taxed. That was if the rich are getting taxed too much, they're going to leave. Nick, don't worry about them. Okay. And you know exactly. the thing is, is like if if there's cancer in your body and your leg, are <laughs> you going to you know you cut off the leg? And and save the body right so we now. Saw Washington D.C. off and push it into the Potomac. <laughs> well, you know, my mom, I've I've mentioned, is in the hospital and has been for three months. She fell off of a stool that she was climbing up on, and um, she fell, and she has osteoporosis, and so you know she was injured. She's seventy three years old, and and she got banged up and was in the hospital, and she was going to be there for a couple days, and. Um, and what they didn't realize is that she had actually broken her back. And um, so they asked if she'd like to go over to this um, uh, rehab center for a month and basically have a vacation at the expense of Medicare. My mom's like, I've paid into that system, so sure, I'll get some of my money back. 
So she goes over and and she's getting three meals a day and she's going to do rehab and she's thinking this is going to be like a vacation. Well, like four times the return. Well, yes, but she developed an infection in her back and she's now paralyzed from the waist down. Two days ago, I was told that she was going to die. Mm. And this is someone who, you know, is productive member of society and she's still playing bridge. She's volunteering. She does a lot of charity work. She was driving. She's, she was healthy. And what had happened was that the doctor who is employed by Medicare did not have an incentive to ensure that she was getting good medical treatment. He's getting paid regardless. And so, so there's no efficiency with Medicare. Then when they finally, you know, six weeks after she had been admitted into this, this facility, they determined that it was pus and not a tumor on her spine that was causing her to be paralyzed. Um, they cleaned it out and put her back into the convalescent center. But now her hundred days are up and they're sending her home in a diaper paralyzed and with an IV in her arm for, for, uh, her her cleaning supply thingies or whatever. It's it's awful. Or antibiotics. Government rehab. Thank Nick, you. thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call in line. 855-450-3733. You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know a new currency will take over at some point. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about bitcoins at weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. What is SACL CAI, you ask? It's a company that handles accounts receivable for your business. You can get a hold of them by going to freetalklive.com. Their banner is the top one on the right-hand side of the page. The principal there, Jason Osborne, big supporter of Free Talk Live, big supporter of Liberty. You should support him with your business, SACL CAI. Let's go to Keith in New Hampshire. Keith. Hey, how's it going, guys? And a lovely lady. Hello. So I wanted to call and talk about another one of these um, new reports that keep coming out like almost every day saying, um, talking about poverty or economy or something. So this one's about the wealthiest and poorest states in the U.S., Uh the median household income. So apparently the newest study, um, it's the last two years combined, it says that New Hampshire is yet again the highest median household income in the U.S. at over 65000 a really? year. But I thought it was interesting that Massachusetts, which people think of as like all these high-tech jobs and college jobs, and I know the police, some of them make twice as much there, the average median household income in Massachusetts is under 60000 a year. Yeah, I so would have thought like it was Connecticut, frankly. I, I thought Connecticut yeah, Connecticut's was... number three. Okay. Wow. New Hampshire's number one. Richest state in the union, lowest uh, um, employment rate, unemployment rate. Wow. That's uh, really, really something. Good, well, good reasons to be in New Hampshire. Lowest, I hear we're some of the fattest people, too. In the East, What's that? No, no, no. I just lived in the South. There's the no East, way we're considered the, the fattest up here. Oh. <laughs> lowest yeah, unemployment. actually, 
I moved to New Hampshire from the south, from Tennessee, and I looked that up. Tennessee has $40,000 a year. It's like the fourth lowest in the country. No, and people just don't make any money down there, it seems like. Wait, d- down where? Tennessee. Oh, right. In Tennessee. Right, right. So, well, anywhere in the South, the the poorest state, well, median household income, the lowest is Mississippi at like thirty five thousand a year. Yeah, but you know, you got to consider the cost of living wherever you are. Like, um, if I were to, I could not afford. You think the cost of living in New Hampshire is high? No, I mean, beer is no. a little more than it was in the South, but other than that, you know, t- car insurance is a lot cheaper. Right. For what I'm paying for rent where I am, I couldn't afford an outhouse in San Diego. Yeah. You know, so so maybe the um, wages are, are lower here, but certainly the cost of living is is lower as but well. What, she, what he's saying is that New Hampshire has the highest median um, household income. Where, Keith? Anywhere, New Hampshire. Yeah, number one. And you said Definitely that it's the lowest, the lowest employment unemployment rate in the in the East. Is what you said? Yeah, in the East Coast, east of the Mississippi River, the lowest unemployment rate. It also has the lowest poverty rate in New Hampshire. The poverty rate is only 6.6%, and the national average is 15.1%. I think in parts of California, it's up to 30%. Sure. Well, I, I, you know, there's there's parts of probably every state where the employment rate is higher and lower. But, um, yeah, that's uh, so what, what do you take from this? I mean, it's amazing that in, uh, there was a survey done in 2009 and another one done in 2011, and they both said New Hampshire is the free state in the country. Yeah. So I think maybe there must be some connection. I'm just guessing, you know. It, it's it's certainly correlative, if not uh, causative. Is it caus- causative? Causative? I, uh, you know, I mean, I, it would seem to me if you're having some trouble where you are or whatever, that the, the free state project may be the right thing for you. Um, at the very least, sign up for it, freestateproject.org. I can tell you one thing for sure, that I moved from Tennessee to New Hampshire. My taxes went down in New Hampshire, and also my cost of living went down. So it worked out really well for me. Well, and you're a really conservative guy, too, Keith. With his money. Yeah, absolutely, and and wise and prudent and good for you. Well, the New Hampshire tax system made it easier for me because I was able to figure out how to pay almost no property taxes. But in Tennessee, there's like basically a 10% sales tax. And the sales tax in New Hampshire is only on prepared food. So if you avoid that, pretty much, right. you avoid the sales tax. Very good. Well, um, thanks for, thanks a lot for the call, Keith. I appreciate it. I love my my um, free stater community here. You know, the other day I was sitting around with some people. I think it was uh, a Monday after we'd done the Free King TV show. And there were about a dozen of us and um, Eddie Free, who did the uh, dance party, DC dance party. And Adam Kokesh was in the room visiting and uh, Kelly James is up visiting. And other than them, it was kind of just the the regular, the usual suspects. And we were sitting around and, and, you know, I don't know if in another time in another life, if I would have been friends with the same people I am here, but um, I've never been in a room of a dozen people where we don't agree on everything. And in fact, you know, Jason Talley, my who's co-hosting with us tonight, we've kind of been in a little thing about, you know, defining our terms and, and working that out. But, you know, I would choose this family over any group of friends I've ever had in my entire life. Yeah, it's a shared values with a lot of people mm-hmm. as soon as you move here. And that uh, it's done a good job to uh, build a really nice community. Yep. Let's go on with this email that we've been working our way through here. The uh, pro-government person continues, when business gets so large as to blatantly ignore government, that's when it gets truly scary. 
like when Nike blatantly told the Malaysian government they were not going to pay their employees the new minimum wage. It was raised by five cents. I take some umbrage at this too. This suggests that uh, people don't uh, sh- shouldn't have you know shouldn't be able to make moral decisions. What about the Schindler's List situation where the uh, the 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 guy disobeys the government by protecting Jews? Is that really scary? Or is the government really scary? There's nothing scary about a corporation choosing to decide how much it's going to offer people to work for it. Because people get to decide how much they're going to work for. Yeah. The reason that people work in quote-unquote sweatshops is because working out on the farm, scratching a living out of the mm-hmm. dirt, stinks. Mm-hmm. It's crappy work. And working in the factory is better work. That's why they choose to do it. If if it was better work living on the farm and growing organic produce amongst your organically fed pigs in Malaysia, <laughs> people would do that. But it's not. It's right. crappy work. They want to go work in the factory. And, uh, you know, if Nike decides that it's not worth five cents, that's their business. Then Reebok can come along and offer these people five cents more. And they'll all these uh, these these uh, skilled shoe manufacturers, uh, you know, these people that can sew shoes and do whatever will rush over to the Reebok factory. And then Nike can say, well, these Reebok people have all our then they can raise it by 10 cents, whatever. This is how the marketplace works. You do not need the government of Malaysia laying down the moral compass for the world. I mean, really, that's what this person's saying. They're saying it's it's scary that that uh, somebody would make a decision contrary to the the all knowing government of Malaysia. This is scary. This kind of lockstep goose stepping statism. Is scary, yeah. As opposed, because I suppose it's scary that Schindler um, decided that he didn't want he, that he wanted to protect the the Jews from the Nazis too. What else could it be? That's the same kind of logic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the alternative is telling people that uh, they can't accept the job that they want. You know, that they have to live impoverished as opposed to taking a job that would uh, increase their standard of living. You know, a lot of in the radio business, a lot of people start out being interns, getting paid. Zero. On Free Talk Live, we started this show as a hobby between two guys, uh, you know, paying people nothing. And we had actually a bunch of people coming on and doing the show for nothing. Were we evil capitalists for not Whoa, paying? Our... Is someone else getting paid? Because I'm not getting paid. No, nope, afraid they're not. <laughs> We're still doing it for nothing. Right. You're doing this for nothing. Am I an evil capitalist because I'm making money on this show and then I'm subjugating you uh, proletariats here sitting at the microphone and giving you nothing? I mean, you're here because you want to be here, I assume. Put the gun down, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Will you give me back my children? <laughs> <laughs> right, your children are bigger than I Untie am. Untie me. <laughs> <laughs> Omar is a little younger than me, a little faster. I think he'd probably hurt me if I uh, tried to do something with him. But, you know, this is this is the idea behind all of this. And it's, I, I you know... This kind of government, pro-government mentality is what leads to abuses. The idea that the government's always going to do something right. We should be active in our participatory democracy. I want my participatory democracy to leave me the F alone. I don't want to be active in it. I want it to go away. Because it's it, it's an annoying beast that's constantly demanding to be fed, and somebody will continue to feed it. This person here in this email will continue to feed it. It will continue to get bigger and more ravenous, and sooner or later, it will consume everyone. That's why governments fail. They consume everything of value in their uh, given area, and then 
bang, they fall over from their own weight and a new one begins to rise in its dust. But, you know, even back from biblical times, whether or not you believe in the, that the Bible is the inerrant, inspired word of God or you consider... I believe it's a historical document yeah, to some extent. Yeah, it's a historical document. Okay, so we'll just go with that. An ancient text. Back in the book of Samuel, the um, Israelites wanted a king and... The, they were said. They were told, "No, if you get a king, your your no, children are no, going to be no. sent off to war, and you will be taxed to the point of poverty." Duh. That's why they called Samuel a prophet. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Now I finally know my calling. I'm a prophet. <laughs> I predict if we keep on feeding this government that they'll tax you to death and send your kids off to war. Eight five five four five zero three seven. We have a leader. <laughs> oh God. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. It's a SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. FreeTalkLive.com is completely free and all kinds of things there for you, including archives and the ability to um, – archives going back to 2006. It's at archives.freetalklive.com and the ability to – you know, put news and stories and things up on the front page of the website. People can interact with them, vote them up, vote them down. It's up to you what you'd like to do. Free Talk Live. Let's go into the calls. Chris in Indiana. Chris? Hey. What's going on? Hey, um, I noticed, uh, like, I don't know how long ago it was, but I think it was Gene, the Christian anarchist, called in about the air races in Nevada. Uh-huh. Well, there was a plane that crashed there and, like, crashed into a crowd. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. That just happened. Yeah. So I just want to let you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I think that that's one thing that one looks uh, looks for in, in air races, you know. I mean, uh, crash, crashes are going to occur in any kind of race, and it's, uh, it's, it's sad. I mean, did they say how many people were dead? Well, they don't know yet, but they crashed, they crashed into the crowd. I mean, I don't... That can't be good, right? Uh, no, man, no. It was a P-51 Mustang, and the... Uh, Video is not really that good. Like it's, I don't know. They didn't get a good shot of it. But. It's it's a grainy P fifty one flying into a crowd of people. <laughs> well, the, they didn't get the actual crash. It just got like the the smoke that came off of it. And, mm. You know, and then people were like all moving around and all excited and everything like that. I've been to the air races in, in Reno, Nevada before, and, you know, they have these stadiums, and even if you saw, and you're sitting in them in stadium seating, even if you saw the plane coming toward you, there's really nowhere to go. Yeah, I was, I, I was at, uh, you know, I've, I've been at races, too. Where are you going to go if the car comes flying through the, uh, the, 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 the fence there? I think we need a law. I think that we need to restrict the air races. I think that we need to 
to have um, make it illegal to have them. No racing. We need to protect people. So, no uh, running by the pool, <laughs> kids. Drudge uh, headline, uh, DrudgeReport.com, says that more than 75 people were injured, 25 of them critically. Wow. A horrific scene of bodies and wreckage. How bad. So uh, uh, I think it sounds awful, and uh, I, I hope everybody's well. I hope the damage isn't as uh, widespread as, as is reported, but who knows. I hope it's not Gene. <laughs> yeah. Chris, I... I appreciate the call. Thank you very much. 855-450 free. Shocking, you know. I guess these things are going to happen. I, I don't I don't know what to say about it. Let's go to the story that I've got. So people are always telling you all the the big scare tactics about terrorists and uh and and getting nuclear weapons and they'll always bring up I think it was in the mid 90s the uh the suitcase nukes were talked about these Russian suitcase nukes, which have never shown up, mind you. We were talking, I think, 20 years of fear surrounding these Russian suitcase nukes, and not one of them has ever been found. Clearly, the accounting measures behind them weren't that great, but apparently the accounting measures in the United States aren't so hot either. From rawstory.com, U.S. unable to account for 16,000 kilograms of exported enriched uranium this is a lot of enriched uranium more than you need for oh several icbms i would guess now uh, uranium uh, yellow cake uranium specifically isn't that why uh forces were sent into iraq to, yes. to look for these uh, weapons of mass destruction yep. and, and you're telling me that the united states government has lost uranium a lot of uranium, far more than the Iraq could ever have gotten. The United States could only account for 11,060 out of 17,500 kilograms of highly enriched uranium. That's HEU for those in the know. Um, that's the weapons usable nuclear material exported to 27 countries in response to a 1992 congressional mandate. According to the Government Accountability Office, if there was a government agency that I like, it would be the Government Accountability Office. I would like to have a T-shirt of theirs. The today, uh, the world today is dramatically different than it was when most U.S. nuclear cooperation agreements were negotiated. The report said many new threats have emerged and nuclear proliferation risks have increased significantly. Another disquiet, uh, disquieting revelation, the GAO pointed out that uh, in the 55 visits from 1994 through 2010, U.S. teams found that Countries who received nuclear components met international security guidelines only about 50% of the time. The agencies have not, have not systematically visited countries believed to be holding the highest proliferation uh, risk quantities of U.S. nuclear material or systematically revisited facilities not meeting international physical security guidelines in a timely manner. But all these, war, these chicken hawks out there are ready to invade Iran because they believe, with no evidence whatsoever, believe that Iran is enriching uranium. The United States has lost more nuclear material than Iran could possibly produce, and they want to invade Iran. Could you explain something to me about uranium? Because I, I haven't really... You're I asking me? Well, <laughs> uranium occurs in most rocks. It's a heavy metal. It's uh -huh. actually the isotope uranium-235, which can be used in... Fisher, fission, fusion, ugh, you know, I'm kind whatever. Of, I kind of wonder, just to, to stop for a second, you know, they've gone from the silver cards to the gold cards on up to the platinum <laughs> cards. Why don't they have the uranium-235 two, two, uh, two card and then make it out of like that glow-in-the-dark material so that like at the nightclub it'll really be stand like out? Like a Black American Express, yeah. only like electrified. All right, that'd be cool. <laughs> 
So does anyone, when they talk about enriched uranium, are they, are they saying that this is the isotope that's extracted from the heavy metal or? I know that there's something. Right. I'm an idiot about this. If someone could call right. in and clue me in, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> uh, all I can say is they do something to the uranium to make it more nuclear stuff. Nuclear like. <laughs> yeah, it says nuclear, here uranium. Nuclear. Uranium is a radioactive heavy metal. It's abundant source of nuclear energy. And yeah. So. Yeah. And. But it's the isotope uranium yes. 235. This is the used. highly enriched uh, uranium, the HEO. As opposed to the lowly enriched? Uh, right. Well, <laughs> the, the, the normal uranium. Yeah, this has been weaponized, right? Right. This is the weaponized uranium. Yeah. This is the stuff. This is the yellow cake. This is the, the stuff that uh, they were so worried about in Iraq and uh, went in and killed. Between 100,000 and a million people, depending on who you ask. Well, for the uh, listeners who think this might be an isolated incident with the uh, the government losing thing, there was uh, Operation Fast and Furious where they sent uh, 2,000 guns over to the Mexican border, um, which have been used in 179 crime scenes in, in Mexico. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if this uranium pops up anywhere. I hope not. I hope not, too. Uh, you know, it's funny. They've always been blaming Russia all along for these um, suitcase nukes. Well, well, now it's the United States that's the villain. Without an accurate inventory of U.S. nuclear materials, in particular weapon-usable HEU and separated plutonium, the United States does not have sufficient assurances regarding the locations of materials, says a report from the Department of Energy and uh, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. The U.S. agencies rejected recommendations, claiming that keeping a comprehensive inventory would be costly, impractical, and unwarranted. Don't they do that to other nations? Don't they want to gather intelligence about uh, their uranium stockpiles? Uh, well, but these are the stuff that we, we gave other nations. Apparently, the United States gave other nations. And it would be costly to keep track of it? Yes. <laughs> that makes no sense to me. So don't buy $70,000 toilets. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... Well, you know, if we get if we suspect they've got the stuff, we'll just attack them. Apparently, it's absolutely hysterical to me that the United States is the only country ever to drop a nuclear bomb on another country or atomic atomic bomb. bomb, Excuse me. But a a major. uh, I think that it's inevitable that some other country will probably try to use some kind of nuclear weapon at some point in the future. The problem is um, to me that. You know, the idea that the United States is going to be a good arbiter of this. That's what the chicken hawks believe. My God, we've got to stop Iran because they're bad. Well, look at this. 16,000 years ago, kilos. they were in a war with someone. I, you know, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to say that I really like that. I don't like these extreme, um, you know, these the religious Muslim countries that are out there and doing their thing. But they wouldn't be the way they are if the United States hadn't intervened in their politics in the first place. They probably would have moved along in a much more, uh, you know, normal fashion, moving towards democracy and that kind of thing, rather than going radicalized. Well, this, I don't want democracy. Well, I, I, Mob rule. At this point, we uh, appear. To, it appears to be, you know, as as things function, that we move through democracy towards more freedom. I don't know. I don't want it, but I don't think you're going to get freedom in Iran right now either. Free Talk Live, eight fifty five, four fifty free. Hey. 
I've started playing a new online game. It's called Mine Things. It's a free online mining game. It's all in your browser. There's nothing to download. Your little mining robot guy can mine for you 24-7. You don't even need to be logged in. You compete with other players for resources in a capitalist economy. The virtually mined gold demonstrates the concept of sound money and is exchanged between players tax-free. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MineThings.com, use coupon code FTL, and double your mining speed. It's free. MineThings.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You've been hearing about Bitcoins for a while now. Maybe you didn't know how to get them. Now there's an easy way. You can get Bitcoins by depositing cash at thousands of banking locations across the U.S., including Bank of America and Wells Fargo. Once you have your Bitcoins, you can use them to pay anyone in the world with no transaction fees or third parties getting involved. It works just like a person-to-person cash transaction, but you can do it over the Internet. It's Internet Cash. To learn more, visit ExchangeBitcoins.com. Again, it's ExchangeBitcoins.com. It's a really great service. makes uh, what was significantly more difficult a lot easier. ExchangeBitcoins.com. Let's go to Captain Ned calling from Florida, listening on the interwebs. Captain Ned. Sorry for dropping you last last night by accident. Uh, day thirty-eight, free Ian Freeman. Day thirty-eight, the Ian Freeman day. incarceration count up. <laughs> <laughs> he's caged like an eight hundred pound gorilla in the room, you know. Yeah, he's caged more like a hundred and thirty-five pound gorilla. <laughs> well, I, I'm gonna stick with the eight hundred pound gorilla in the room. He's from the lowlands, from the lowlands of New Hampshire, you know, the free state. <laughs> well, yeah, Marco, I was gonna congratulate you for being smooth as. Uh, uh, West Indies rum, but you dropped me the other night, and I, I got to take that back. <laughs> yeah, but Mark's getting better, though, huh? You know, the button oh. between putting you on the air and dropping you is about an inch. <laughs> hey, and he's hovering uh, over it now. Be careful. It's, it's, it's really like a quarter taint. inch. It's like the taint. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really, I'll really small. i Michelle, Mark couldn't be smoother than he is right now. It's fantastic. <laughs> hey, what about that uh, song he played earlier from uh, Weird Al Yankovic, right? That's a, that's a pro move right there, Mark. Yep. Uh, I love Weird Al, man. That's, it's one of the greatest guys ever. That's a big thanks to Alex, as a matter of fact, uh, the board op. Board ops never get their due. I mean, you just can't give them their due. <laughs> I, I'm sitting here talking into a microphone. That guy's furiously pushing buttons right now, checking and seeing if the uh, the phone lines are working. I mean, he's just creating work for himself just to make sure that things are flowing properly. Well, that's the way it should be. Indeed. Yeah, but anyway, I'd like to agree with Kevin the other night about Building 7. Okay. There's there, and I know it's a little off topic, but there's oh, no mention of Building 7. What's that? I say it's Free Talk Live. Yeah, there's no mention of Building 7 in the uh, 911 commission report. I've heard that. And that was a 40-some story building that dropped. No no steel frame building has ever dropped from fire. Three dropped that day. But Building 7 is the key to this whole thing. Well, I think because that there's some interesting stuff about buildings, and, and there's some interesting stuff about 9-11, especially about the, uh, the New York incident, and um, especially about uh, Building 7. I think that these are interesting things. I just think that as well, time goes by, it gets less and re- less relevant. Well, I don't, Mark, I don't, I don't agree less relevant, because if you look at the, the guy who was a leaseholder for the whole Trade Center footprint, I believe his name was Silverstein, 
about a year later, he had a report. He had a, they interviewed him on uh, BBC, okay, British Broadcasting, and he said, you know, about 4.30 in the afternoon, after talking to the fire department, we decided to pull Building 7. Then he kind of hesitated. You can go on the Internet and watch this guy. He kind of hesitated and said, we decided to pull Building 7. Anybody who knows anything about explosives, it takes a couple weeks to set explosives in a building to pull it. Okay? Well, as I understand, he, he went back and, um, you know, it's been said that they're talking, when, when they're referring to it, was the team of firefighters that was in the building is right. what he was referring he, to. He said, we decided to pull that building. The charges no, were he said decided to pull it. in that building. I, you know, I, the, this this one particular statement has been gone over and over and over by folks. And I understand that, but it's, it's very clear. And he, and he looked kind no, of he doesn't he looked, say pull the building. He said, said pull oh, it. He absolutely said pull the building. I'm going to have to have some audio for that. Like George Bush, he looked. He had that simple look on his face like, oh, you got me. And he said, we decided to pull the building. How do you pull a building that's in the middle of a raging inferno in downtown New York City how do you pull that building? How do you set those charges? I, I remember charges listening to the video. You know, like I can't, I can't. You know, I, I haven't listened well, to it in a couple of years, but I remember saying, "Huh, well, I suppose his uh, explanation seems plausible." No, he, Mark. I he, mean, I, I do said, live radio um, three hours a night, seven days a week at this point, and I can tell you that sometimes you just kind of say the wrong thing. Well, he said the wrong thing, but that was exactly what they did. He okay. said we decided to pull that building, and he had that simple George. Okay, so, so now, so now what, Ned? I mean, well, it's ten. Yeah. It's ten years later, and I understand that, Michelle. But it's very telling. Building seven is the total key to that whole operation. I'm not going to get into the towers, but building seven is the whole key to that operation. They pulled that building. He admitted they pulled that building. This is the leaseholder, but for the Trade Center footprint. So we know that the Gulf of Tonkin is a um, was a black, was a what a false flag operation. We well, know I that. LBJ said, put one of our warships to the bottom of the ocean, and the Russian Navy stood off as the British Air Force put that Navy, tried to put that Navy ship to the bottom of the, bottom of the ocean. They weren't successful. The Russian Army stood, the Russian Navy stood there and watched it. These guys do this stuff all the time. They do it right in front of you. But I'm saying that everybody, you know, I mean, that at this point, it is relatively common knowledge that this was a false flag operation, and no one's been held accountable. There are people well, alive. Thank Mark, thank you for agreeing with that, because it, absolutely, this is a false flag. I, I don't so know for sure, but I mean, so I've been told. No, go ahead. I, I don't know for certain, but so I've been told. I, be, I believe that to be the case. No, absolutely, because our Air Force was stood off from that. The whole thing was predicated on an Air Force exercise, which was conducted that day. Darling, what is your point? What would you like to see happen now? You think that someone's going to come forward and say, you know what, it was me? Michelle, a thorough investigation, young lady. But who's going to investigate? Well... Not, certainly not the 9-11 Commission because <laughs> right. they stood back from it. Well, I mean, the, the organization that put together the 9-11 Commission is going to be the organization that puts together the investigation this time. Well, it's like the JF Kennedy assassination. It'll, the truth will come out one of these days. It'll but it won't matter. I mean, it, you know, the JFK, yeah, this is this was going to be my next example, is the JFK assassination. Most people in America believe one of the conspiracy theory stories. They do not believe the, the Warren Commission story, and you still don't have any results. And what if my you, point is... Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald oh. hit him with a bold action. But, but, uh, uh, initially, Captain Ned, three 
actions that, that we believe what you're free to believe. I mean, the, you know. This, but, but, but this all stems from me coming out on 9-11 and saying that the 9-11 truth movement is dead. And I'm going to stand by that statement because of, you know, the, the fact is that the conspiracy theories can circle. They can even get uh, incorporated into to society and they don't matter. It doesn't change anything. Nothing happens as a result. There's well, as all it is is stories that people tell each other. Well, Mark, just on that statement alone, you're killing me. But go to Dr. Judith Hunt. Where did the towers go? She's got a very thorough uh, examination of what happened to those twin towers. I don't even want to get into that. But Building 7 is key, like Kevin said. That is key to this whole thing. Okay, but then what, Ned? Then what? So, okay, so a commission comes out, a new commission comes out, and and hundreds of thousands of dollars are spent to investigate and everything, and then boom, it's it's determined that the United States government uh, self-imploded a a, uh, building and was responsible for the World Trade Center coming down. Michelle, I'm not necessarily saying the United States government, but a black ops operation was definitely responsible for this whole entire fiasco. Mm. I just don't think it's going to matter if you get even if you prove it uh, up to this point. I think I think that it's I believe that it's dead. Um, 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Eight fifty five four fifty three. That's the SACL toll free call in line here on Free Talk Live's Live Friday Night Edition with Mark and Jason and Michelle. Check out shop.freetalklive.com. There we have uh, links where you can use uh, two great big internet. Uh, shopping areas, uh, Newegg and Amazon. And when you do, you can support Free Talk Live doing it. It's shop.freetalklive.com. You'll get the same great service, the same great products, the same great prices that you normally do. Just Free Talk Live will get a little cut in the process. It's shop.freetalklive.com. Let's go straight into the calls. We've got um, Darren. Listen to XM. Darren? It's a pleasure to speak to you all. Um, I was calling concerning the... uh reflective markers that they require to be put on the back of the Amish's uh, buggies. Um, I'm a professional driver, and there's many a time I've been driving in the middle of the night, and the only way you can see that black cart there is by that reflector. Sure. Um, and if I was to hit it, you can be guaranteed that I'd be held legally liable for it, and God forbid something would happen that would, you know, a steer tire blow out or something go through the windshield and you know so it is putting me at risk too there's some level of risk at a certain point but at, Darren, at a certain point doesn't somebody's because it i'm sorry driving at night in an all black vehicle with no 
reflective markings at all is dumb. Doesn't, doesn't somebody's stupidity? Be- it doesn't happen that much. Is my experience living in a um, you know to, for for a period of time living in a, a community um, near Lancaster, Pennsylvania, that most of the Amish people were off the roads at night. Certainly, they'd be out at twilight, which frankly is, a, as I understand it, a more dangerous time because the sun can be in your eyes and that kind of thing. But um, this seems to come down to a particular shape of this reflective marker. You don't think that a, uh, a triangular reflective marker is more effective than, say, a square one or an octagonal one, do you? No, I think the shape is absolutely irre- irrelevant. But the government of, of Tennessee does not think it's irrelevant and is throwing uh, nine men in jail as a result. Even and though I, they had tape or something. I think that's right? absolutely ridiculous. They shouldn't be throwing it. Right, it's a really tough scenario. I mean, this is... but And sadly, the, and I agree with you, that, that you know that they, they've got a responsibility to make themselves seen on the road. At the same time, the government only has one trick, and that trick is threats of incarceration or incarceration. Yeah. Darren, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Yeah, pleasure speaking to you all. 855 450 free. That's 855 450 3733. Let's go to Josh in Canada. Yes. Hey. Um, on the reflective markers, I have seen some buggies. I've been through several states. I'm a truck driver. Thank you for I've your service. <laughs> I said thank you for your service. That's Mark's little thing instead of, you know, the troops, whatever. He can't hear. He's on a cell phone. Uh, Josh, all I was saying is I I really do believe the truck drivers keep America rolling. Go on. Uh, They do. Without trucks, America stops. All it would take is about three days and every single gas station, grocery store, and everything else would be shut down. But on the buggies in Ohio, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Tennessee, all over the place. Um, I have seen some with red and white reflective tape that they use on the trucks. Yep. I have seen that on buggies. I've also seen headlights and taillights yep. on the buggies. Yep, they've I got don't different. Know how they're powered, but I mean, they have full headlights. Sure. And the the thing is, is they've got Old Order Amish, New Order Amish, and then there's this particular, I, I can't remember what the name was, but I, uh, the Strutzenbergers or something like that, who are even, that make the Old Order Amish look like rocket scientists. I mean, you know, they've got these different... Uh, different folks that believe different stuff and i think that it's their responsibility to make themselves um you know as reflective as possible but i've never heard of the amish suing anybody yeah i mean nor have the amish asked anyone to change laws to to revolve around or cater to them they leave people alone they simply want to be left alone they should make their buggies out of paper so that when you hit them they don't uh, make a dent or whatever <laughs> I mean, most of the roads I've seen them on, they have humongous shoulders. I mean, you could probably drive two on the shoulder, and that's where they ride. And the ones on the road is the ones I've seen with the headlights and the taillights, hmm. just sitting there trotting down the road. Wow. Well, thanks for the update. I appreciate it, Josh. All right. Appreciate it. 855-450-3733. Let's go to Ian Freeman calling from the... Cheshire County Correctional Facility. Ian, how's your love life? Oh, Mark, stop that. Hi, Ian. What's up, Ian? Sorry I've about that. I've got lots of love in here. This is a, this is a good place to be if you're going to be in jail. Uh, the guards uh, are, for the most part, are uh, friendly and uh, respectful, and uh, most of the uh, the inmates are uh, as well. 
uh, from from my experience. But all is well here. Nice to uh, to hear you guys and uh, just come at, tuning in here uh, as I've been on hold listening to the topic because unfortunately I uh, can't listen uh, via any method while you're behind bars except for the radio, which at this time uh, there's no radio signal that's cutting into this uh, this particular prison. You can't even get twelve. Uh, you can't get anything in there. Like the radio will not pick up anything. Uh, we, no, I can get some stations, but uh, you guys are not in Keene during the uh, the week. Right, but so, so you can uh, listen to the Saturday Night Show? In theory, I, I could do that. So, but, but you haven't. It. You're just so uh, busy. Baseball gets, I, baseball Mark, gets in the way. enough. Lay off of him, Ian. Well, Ian's got it so tough <laughs> sitting in there uh, dishing out eggs to convicts and reading books. Oh, God. Yeah, actually, I was going to talk about one of my books, but uh, let me see if I've got straight what's going on here. First, you're saying that they're putting uh, nine Amish people in jail for not having the right uh, shape, reflective tape? Nine nine Amish men were arrested. Eight are currently in jail. One was um, a concerned citizen bailed one out because the man's son is ill with cerebral palsy and um, the man's, you know, needed at home to take care of that young man and so um so the other eight are sitting and they're refusing to pay any fines or penalties and one needs to understand that that what these uh, amish guys believe is they uh, the old order amish are very systemic and uh, they they believe that it's how you live your life is what is how you're going to get to heaven it's not about a relationship with god for most them. people in the world think that well um and you know, it would seem like a pretty good uh, you know arbiter i would think that just uh, asking forgiveness isn't a particularly good way to uh, decide who's good and who's bad but um you know th- so th- their concern really is heaven or hell this is an eternal issue for them yeah, I mean, it's just uh, they're an incredible group of folks from what I've seen as far as their dedication to what they believe in. Uh, if only more people in this country and around the world had that level of dedication uh, or, you know, just to, to make a stand like that is incredibly inspirational. Speaking of dedication or lack thereof, I just want to let you know that Curtis took a deal. Oh, uh, yeah, that's uh, the, the gentleman that was arrested for smoking uh, some marijuana or passing a, a joint. Uh, this was back at the uh, the Nashua 420 yeah, that point happened four, with a big celebration. Point four six grams. And he was grams. looking at a felony. So I mean, I don't you know I don't blame somebody for uh, for for cutting a cutting a deal if that's what if that's what they feel they have to do to to feel good. Obviously, a lot of people are incentivized to to take that plea deal. It can be pretty scary if you're facing something sure. like 15, 15 years. Uh, in prison, and in my case, uh, had I taken the the deal, I would have gotten a, a lower sentence. So uh, they punished me with a fifty percent higher sentence right. because I I didn't take the plea deal. Now, they're trying to send a message saying, "Hey, you know, you you should take the plea deal. Look what we did to, uh, look what we did to Ian Freeman." But on the other hand, that means that they're they're pretty nervous. I think about the idea of people not taking the plea because they must know that it's a very uh, powerful thing to to make a stand, go to trial. And not take that plea deal because it just makes it so they've got to load up on court cases at the at the court. And I mean, imagine if ten percent of people who got parking tickets, uh, for instance, would not take. Yep, it changed everything. Yep. So yeah. you probably yeah. heard that uh, Derek was released, uh, and uh, so he yeah. he was able to uh, speak at uh, Free Speech Friday today after four p.m. and oh, he, he gave a talk about uh, don't take the plea deal and passed out uh, literature to uh, the people that were in attendance. But Derek's courage is uh, is incredible. I mean, Indeed. the guy's been uh, arrested three times just in this uh, just this summer. Uh, he's a relatively new mover here to uh, to the Keene area in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. And uh, not only is he just a really nice guy and uh, incredibly likable, 
Uh, but he's uh, he's also someone to look up to, I think. Yeah, and he's a great activist, and the city of Keene is going to have a lot uh, on their hands dealing with him. He's going to really prepare and uh, really bring it to them. I'll see you Monday for your trial. Well, I've got a book review, if you guys don't mind. Okay, hold the line. 855-450-FREE. Right. Get past Ian. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Pick it on him. Bitcoins. You can buy them and you can sell them. They're a great little commodity. You can accept them for your own products and services. But what do you do once you have them? Why you spend them, of course. SpendBitcoins.com allows you to spend them all in one place. From SpendBitcoins.com, you can spend your Bitcoins at major online retailers such as Amazon, Fishpond, Barnes & Noble, memory dealers, and more. When you want to spend Bitcoins, go to SpendBitcoins.com. My name is Jacob Hornberger. I'm president of the Future of Freedom Foundation, which Congressman Ron Paul awarded for having an outstanding freedom website. Write us at FFF at FFF.org, and we'll send you a free three-month subscription to our monthly journal of libertarian essays and our booklet, Economic Liberty in the Constitution, which George Mason University economics professor Walter Williams praised in a recent column. That's FFF at FFF.org. Free Talk Live, 855-453. Now, why I'm giving that out, I think we're loaded up here with calls. Uh, let's uh, talk about the AMP program here real quick. We'll bring back Ian. Tell us about the AMP program, Ian. Um, well, it's a way for our listeners to get behind uh, the show. It's uh, AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote, so to help get Free Talk Live in more ears around the world and get some perks at the same time, you can go to amp.freetalklive.com. And I'll try to be brief here, uh, the remainder here on what I wanted to cover since uh, you've got some folks holding. Uh, real quick, uh, did you guys talk at all about the latest on the chalking trials in Manchester? I have. We have not. Okay. So as you know, uh, if you've been listening for a little while, there were a bunch of arrests that happened in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire, over the summer for chalking. There were some activists that were protesting police brutality at the police station uh, in Manchester, and they were doing what you know a lot of kids do, chalking on the sidewalk. Including uh, Kate who just completely rocked her defense, I heard, and was really phenomenal. Yeah, Kate actually had come in. uh, They arrested like eight people, confiscated video cameras. It was just a crazy day uh, as far as uh, the the history of uh, liberty activism thus far up here in New Hampshire. But Kate was, uh, her trial was first. She's been the only one who's been on trial thus far. And uh, all these folks are facing misdemeanor charges. Uh, so, I mean, they're looking at a year, maybe more, in jail because a lot of them have multiple charges. And I think Kate herself has like three or four different misdemeanor charges that she's uh, she's looking at. She went to trial in front of a judge in Manchester, and uh, according to her, the judge took it under advisement. And, and it did sound like she did a really great job considering it was her first time ever uh, defending herself uh, in a court. And uh, so the judge took it under advisement. And every time I've seen that happen... And maybe I'm misremembering, but I feel like at least nine times out of ten, whenever a man in a robe says he's going to take it under advisement and issue a ruling later, the ruling turns out to be not guilty. And so I'm hoping that's what happens uh, in her case, and hopefully that will happen in in other folks' cases as well. But it's interesting when they do this, and I think it's because they don't want to be seen in public 
finding somebody not guilty. They want it to be written down somewhere, sure. quietly nailed out. Or in my case, in my parking ticket trial, they didn't even mail me anything about it. The guy, uh, the guy said he's going to take it under advisement. Three weeks went by, and I thought to myself, what the hell's going on with this trial? And so I had to go into the court, open up my case file, and actually look in there to see what happened. And all he did was check a little not guilty box on the back of uh, the complaint form, and that was the end of that. They never even bothered to send me notice of uh, what happened with that not guilty. So it's like they just want to push any not guilties uh, under the rug as much as possible. So that's uh, that's the latest on the, the chalking situation. Also, um, I've got... Uh, <laughs> Some, uh, I've got some books in here. Some folks have sent me books, which has been great. Thankfully, they haven't tended to come too quickly because they have a rule that restricts how many books I can have at a time. But I've got some graphic novels from uh, BigHeadPress.com. Oh, sweet. Yeah, and uh, I know that we've talked about Escape from Terra, which I actually have. I haven't started reading that one yet. I have it, too. That's great. But I read one called Lemuse. Have you read oh, that one? Lemuse is awesome. Um, you know, I, mean, I haven't talked about it in quite some time, but uh, it's really I don't recall it's, ever talking it's about compelling it. story. You can you can go to BigHeadPress.com and uh, you can read it for free online. I read it in one sitting. Yeah, I would have read it in one sitting, but I started it pretty late last night. I had to be up at five this morning to work in the kitchen, um, and so I finished it up today. It's uh, see, it he's blew not me away. just sitting around eating and reading, Mark. No, he's yeah. looking at dirty pictures too. <laughs> Lemuse uh, blew me away. I mean, it's like uh, a most somewhat liber- you know, somewhat liberty-oriented story uh, with a, her- a heroine who is uh, kind of this metaphysical superhero, uh, which was like really a twist I didn't expect. Was she kind of like uh, your Was she kind of like your girl from Sucker Punch? No, not not really. Uh, mm-hmm. that, no, Meta- it, I can't even really. I'm not going to get into how it's metaphysical, but uh, it's it's very interesting. And I'm going to read it's it. Like a mature comic, and it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's really great. The uh, you know the worst part about it is it doesn't continue on. It's not serial. It's a uh, it's a complete story. Um, yeah, I can see how you could look at that as a as a bad thing. And I certainly would have loved to have seen more Lemuse, but on the but other it won't hand, jump it's, the shark. It's, Right, right. It won't jump jump the shark. It's well contained. It, it ends in a very you know good way, and uh, highly recommend uh, Lemuse, which is available at BigHeadPress.com. So, yep. thank you to whoever sent that to me. At, at this point, they aren't giving me receipts with my books. They started doing that, but then they stopped for some reason. So, I have no idea who are who's sending these things to me. So, so thank you. So, uh, Ian, that was great. a quick question: People in the chat want to know if you've gained any weight since you're getting three meals a day. He always <laughs> ate three meals. <laughs> Maybe a, maybe a little bit, but I had put on a little bit uh, anyway within the last uh, six uh, or so months. You're and is your hair like getting longer? One, I'm up to like 142 now with clothes Ooh. on. So. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of facial hair. Yeah. Oh, do you have any like a lot of hair on your head too? Yeah, I've been letting my hair grow out. A lot of oh. these guys shave all the time in here, and I figure I'm in jail. Who I'm going to reach out Monday here? when I see you over at Superior Court, and I'm going to touch your hair. You won't be able to. I'll be uh, there by uh, video, uh, and no. it's not a trial. It's some sort of a preliminary you can thing. Rub the top of the TV set. <laughs> There's all kinds of details there. Anyway, y'all. Hey, I'll uh, let you get back to your show with your folks that are waiting patiently. And thank you so much. And see you soon. Thanks take, for the call. Care, Let's go to Rob in New Jersey. Rob. Hi. Rob. Hello, um, Rob. Thanks for taking my call. Hello. So I'm a new listener. It's my first uh, time calling in. Okay. I was listening to. Uh, an archive show earlier today, and somebody was talking about uh, movie Contagion, which I just saw it recently. Yeah, it was uh, and, a couple of nights ago, yep. Okay, yeah, so I know, it, it, you know, a lot of people were pointing out, uh, I've heard it from, from other friends of mine, too, that's full of a lot of status uh, propaganda, you know, and I probably agree with most of that, but I thought there were two 
two really good points I wanted to point out that I think are uh, uh, good teachable uh, points about liberty. And the, the first one was in free markets. And the first one was when when they first discovered it, you know, this, this outbreak and this pandemic uh, gets loose and they're trying to, to uh, develop a vaccine. And the Center for D- Disease Control is unable to, you know, culture this and all the cells they try putting the virus in are dying. And there's this one doctor who's working on it. And he, he senses he's really close to, to breaking through. And then someone from the CDC comes in and says, oh, this is, this is too dangerous. You can't work in it. Work on it in this lab. It's not up to these specifications. Um, you have to destroy all your samples. We're going to work on it because the CDC is the only place that has uh, the proper equipment. It does show how the government and, will often insert itself into a situation where somebody who's just acting freely, trying to help people, um, and you know, goes in and, and you know, destroys... Has found remedy to something, and yeah. then they undermine it. Right. Right, exactly. And so uh, this guy basically... Um, sends sends the staff home. They, some people offer. They're like, "Oh, well, we can take care of that. It's easy. We'll destroy it." And he's like, "No, I'll do it." And sends all the staff home, and he just basically locks himself down in his lab and starts working. And he figures it out. He finds these these cells that he can culture the virus in, and he develops this vaccine. Yay, free and market. What's the other one? Exa- exactly. So then he sends it to the CDC, and the, the bureaucrats get all pissed off about it. That's the other part of that story. That yeah, you know that is important. Um, it's an important aspect because once um, you know, once you remove the profit incentive from the situation, as it is in generally mm-hmm. in the government, then you only have the sort of "I'll take credit for that" incentive. Um, you know, right. <laughs> in the marketplace, many times you'll you'll see that situation split. The boss will take credit, but the employee will get yep. the spiff or something like that. And, and I'm not saying that doesn't happen in the marketplace where the boss will take the credit sure. and get the spiff. I'm just saying that uh, you know you take out one of those incentives and, and you get people they can, they can get a little nastier. Right. So, uh, and then the second instance is a couple weeks later after things have really gotten bad and there's a lot of sick people running around and there's looting and rioting and all, all this. And uh, Matt Damon is, is in his bedroom at night and he hears, uh, you know, loud noise and he, he looks at his, his, at his window to his neighbor's house and sees flashes and he, you know, sees their, their gunshots. And then uh, a couple guys run out after, you know, looting the place. And then he, so he calls 911. And the he gets this automated response from nine one one that says, "Oh, due to the high volume of calls, uh, we're right. unable to take your call." Yeah. So then they try they they route him through this automated thing. He just you know he hangs up and basically you know locks himself into his house. Um, and then the first thing that the next thing that they show after that is the next morning he starts going through houses and he finds a gun. Interesting. You know, that uh, it shows that, um, you know, when it comes down to it, the government isn't going to protect you. It's you. And this is true everywhere. I'm not saying that I wouldn't call the police if some, you know, certain situations happened. Um, I think that they're, you know, they can be valuable in that circumstance. But the first line of defense for you and your family is you. When, you know, when seconds counts, the the cops are only minutes away, right? In my town, they're, 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 you know, they could be an hour away. And they have no responsibility. They've been, you know, over and over again proven, uh, you know, the Supreme Court has many, many rulings. The Supreme Court has many rulings proving that the government doesn't have any responsibility to protect you. If you think the government's going to protect you, they don't have to. It's just something you're hoping for. Thanks for the call, Rob. Absolutely. Thanks for taking it. Bye. Have a good night, guys. It's been Free Talk Live with you, Mark, Jason, and Michelle. 
It's uh, nice to hear from Ian. I sincerely hope he gets out. We're on uh, day 38 here of the Ian Freeman incarceration count-up, and I would uh, love for him to get out and get back to work. (laughs) I think I'm going to take a vacation. Nice. Free Talk Live. 